in China, where U.S. Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo is discussing concerns about restrictions on American businesses, including the chip makers Intel and Micron. She is there on a three-day visit to China, where she's meeting with officials and business leaders in an attempt to thaw the economic relationship between the world's two biggest uh, economies. Here's Katie Silver with the details. Gina Raimondo's visit is just the latest in a series of top American diplomats who've recently visited China. That includes Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, the Secretary of State Antony Blinken and US Climate Envoy John Kerry, all in the last three months. But despite all of these meetings, relations between the world's two largest economies are at their most tense in years. Last August, the US passed the CHIPS Act, specifically aimed at growing the domestic chipmaking business and blocking China's industry. Beijing has responded in turn, including restricting exports of two materials, gallium and germanium, to the US. These are key ingredients in making chips. And it all comes in the same week as export controls kick in in the Netherlands, preventing one of the world's biggest makers of chipmaking equipment, that is ASML, from exporting without a license, something China has complained about and analysts have said would only make US-China relations worse. And this all comes as President Biden prepares to visit Vietnam. Along with the US trying to increase production at home, Vietnam has been seen as an alternative destination for the US to outsource manufacturing, rather than putting all its eggs in the one basket that is China. Now, the country is having a hard time maintaining its status as the world's manufacturing hub, making it all the more difficult to bounce back after the pandemic. Katie Silver there. Well, I also talked to James Early, who's Chief Investment Officer at BBAE, which is a digital investment company based in the US. I asked him what he is hoping to be achieved during these talks. We just heard. Uh who John Kerry went to China, got almost nothing. Janet Yellen went to China, got almost nothing. Anthony Blinken went to China, got basically nothing too. Maybe fourth time's the charm. Uh, I'm hearing already that both sides have agreed to some sort of biannual, uh, twice a year commerce meeting, which is, I would say, a bare minimum for something successful. Uh, broadly speaking, though, it's, it's not good optics for the Chinese side. I don't think the U.S. side realizes this, but we've sent four different people now to China, and they've sent no one back to the U.S. We've invited Wang Yi. Uh, he hasn't come yet. So uh, we're looking, I think the next couple of weeks are going to show China's true response for this. But so far, I would say it's at least mildly positive if they've agreed to some meetings. Yeah, I mean, we have to see this in a positive light, don't we? Despite the fact that, as you say, little is coming out of it in terms of concrete progress when it comes to trade between the US and China. With an election next year in the US, do you think China's just biding its time to wait to see who's next in power? I don't think it has too much time to buy it. I think they are, are concerned. Uh, real estate is a big part of the economy, 25, sometimes 30 percent of the GDP, depending on the year. And that's really suffering. And, and, and probably the actual data is worse than the reported data. So I think that's the big difference, that Gina Raimondo may have more success than her three uh, cabinet minister predecessors, is simply that China is, is not looking as good now. They're concerned about the economy. They want to do something. The economy has been really the bridge between these two countries, even as they fought a war of, of words and, and just really nasty press sometimes. So hopefully, hopefully that bridge can remain intact. Yeah, as you say, the bridge needs to be repaired, as it were, or intact. But in terms of specifically when it comes to the uh, changes that the US made, which really ticked off China regarding semiconductors, 
what progress can be made as far as that is concerned? Because as Katie Silver, my correspondent, pointed out, you know, the Netherlands has followed suit, many others as well. Sally, I think that's a very difficult question. Uh, I don't see the U.S. budging too much. Uh, they, they have roughly 1,300 companies on, on some sort of sanction or entity list. And about a week ago, they released or undid 27 of them, which is sort of a symbolic gesture. It's something. But I, I really don't think they want that high-end chip technology getting into China's hands. Now, ironically, there are lots of loopholes, and these, these banned companies can still get it when other unbanned companies import it and just give it to them. I mean, when you got a state-controlled economy, those things are going to happen. But I don't think the U.S. has a lot of leeway to give. Uh, I think they would love for China to relax some of those rare earth export restrictions uh, on China's end. Like you just said, I think they want the semiconductors. James, early there from BBAE. Well, Secretary Raimondo's visit comes at a time of increasing concern over the slowdown in China's economy, as you were just hearing there. So global investors have already pulled out more than $10 billion from China's stock markets on Sunday. In an effort to boost the markets on the mainland, the Chinese authorities halved the stamp duty on stock trades. This had little effect, though, and any gains on Monday were mostly pared back by the end of the trading session. If you add to that as well the drama surrounding the real estate giant Evergrande, its shares started trading again on Monday following a, a long suspension and plunged by, by nearly 80%, losing $2.2 billion in market value on Monday. They dropped again today during the trading session. So let's have a look at markets in Asia now. Overall, they've been pretty positive throughout today. Hong Kong's been hovering around a 2% gain for most of the day, Japan up slightly. So real concerns about Evergrande, its future, what is ahead, the impact it could have on the Chinese economy are being put to one side. If we look at Wall Street and how things uh, finished on Monday, you get a sense of where Asia was influenced. There's some inflation data coming out of Wall Street, uh, sorry, the US later this week. So there's positivity ahead of that. It will be bode well for the US economy. But I did talk to Janet Moyi, who's head of market analysis at RBC Bruin Dolphin who told me more about the impact of the Evergrande share collapse. Um, well, there's still uncertainty on uh, the debt repayment by Evergrande. Uh, investors are still unsure whether Evergrande is going to be uh, uh, going to uh, further into deep downward spiral. And I think that has a very bad read across to uh, the rest of the property sector, because we, of, of course, we saw Country Garden also going under already. And uh, I think it is still going to be an ongoing concern for investors. And I think it is uh, the reason why uh, the Chinese market is failing to bounce back very significantly. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing Hong Kong up over 2% today. It almost like looks like lo locally investors are taking this on the chin, despite the huge numbers. When you look into Evergrande, it had to reveal its uh, results uh, yesterday uh, when it came back to the market. And it's pretty staggering what it owes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think um, investors are aware of the property downturn, but I think uh, there could still be further uh, contagion into the economy that the investors are worried about. Uh, I think uh, the COVID uh, pandemic has definitely crippled the property market, but investors have been expecting some sort of a rebound from that as the economy reopened, but that actually has not uh, materialized. And actually we saw that the property sales 
continue to contract very significantly. And this really cripples the ability of property to service their debt. So this is going to be an ongoing issue. And of course, the banks are old money, uh, investors are old money. And I think uh, that's why the markets are really worried about this contagion spreading across to the rest of the economy and to the financial system. Janet Moy there 